listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. And there is no better way to say I love you than as a couple to sit on the couch in a warm embrace and listen to the Broncos This Week podcast. While cracking some original 16s? Yeah, sure, that always helps. <laughs> hey, Ryan Schweitzer, Craig Boschman, the Valentine's Day edition of the Broncos This Week podcast. We're happy to have you along here for the ride. Lots to talk about on the podcast today. Uh, really, really excited to, uh, I guess on our podcast, this will be the first member of the 2018 WHL Championship team to join us, Tyler Steenbergen on the show. Yeah, able to connect with him. I think his team's in Stockton, California right now. He obviously plays for the Tucson Roadrunners, the uh, American League affiliate of the Phoenix, or the Arizona Coyotes, excuse me. So I uh, was able to touch base with him, and uh, you're going to be taking the reins on that one as you're talking to him today on Friday, and I'll be jetting up on the bus to uh, Prince Albert for tonight's game. Yeah, and, and what's interesting, and we'll certainly bring this up with Steener, is, uh, yeah, he's in Stockton to play a longtime team teammate of his in Glenn Godden. So that's an intriguing matchup there, a game within a game as uh, two members of that uh, 2018 championship team go head-to-head and really looking forward to chatting with Steiner. We're also going to be talking, of course, with Steiner, who is a big part of the Swift Current Broncos past, and we're going down the pipeline with a potential future Bronco today as well. Yeah, a player who actually started the season here, a goaltender Jordan Fairley, who is now with the Caribou Cougars of the BC Major Midget League up in Prince George's kind of taking the reins as their starting goaltender, and uh, they're sitting pretty in the standings right now, tied for fourth overall in the standings with a a very impressive plus 73 team goal differential, so goaltending plays a huge part of that, and he's been a big part of the success they've had this year. (laughs) Sounds like he's in the blue paint with a comfortable lead a lot of the time, but uh, yeah, very much looking forward to talking to Jordan Fairley. A couple of big games this weekend. You're in Prince Albert tonight with Living Sky Casino Broncos Hockey pregame show at around 6.30. We'll drop the puck at 7 o'clock on that, and then tomorrow night, a big one here at the Innovation Credit Union IPLEX. Yeah, party night here. There's a whole whack of stuff going on. Uh, First things first, the first 300 fans in the building get Broncos Thunder Sticks that we were playing around with uh, yesterday after practice with some of the players. There is going to be a giveaway for a Saskatchewan Rough Riders team signed football and when I took it down to the bench to get a photo op with one of the players, they all wanted to throw it around and I was like, guys, this is <laughs> autographed by the Riders. I'm not letting you throw this around. Uh, DJ Tolly T is going to be here, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders DJ. Members of the cheer squad are going to be here, but perhaps the most uh, exciting part of the whole thing, Gainer the Gopher is going to be here oh. as well. That's huge. Yeah, Gainer the Gopher will be joining us. Uh, Gainer and Charlie, that'll be an interesting dynamic tomorrow night. Members of the Ryder Cheerleading Squad are here. The aforementioned DJ Tolly T, the Riders DJ, will be uh, responsible for the in-venue music tomorrow night. It's going to be an awesome game. You know, we have so many fans that come to Bronco games that are here for all 34, but if you're one of those fans who, like, maybe does two or three or five or six a year, this is one of the ones that you're going to want to be at tomorrow night at the Innovation Credit Union IPlex. Stable is open to uh, grab your tickets, uh, and of course, Living Sky Casino Broncos Hockey if you can't make it to the rink. But yeah, it's going to be a huge one and a fun one tomorrow night here at the Innovation Credit Union IPlex. We're calling it the Rider Tailgate Party. So uh, tonight, Prince Albert Raiders. You know that's a, that's a tough rink to to win in, and Dean Brockman, of course, we'll talk about that matchup too. Yeah, a chance for the Broncos to try and um, pick up a win against Prince Albert. This is be the the fourth and final matchup this year. Kind of interesting that all three games have been four one finals uh, so far in the season series. So. 
Broncos looking to pick up uh, a victory in PA before coming home and welcoming the Saskatoon Blades tomorrow night for that Riders tailgate party. Prince Albert, of course, uh, coached by Weimark native Mark Habscheid, and uh, we've been on his turf a fair bit over the last little bit, too. Yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of surprised there's no sign that says the home of Mark Habscheid out there. Well, uh, Cadillac's got one for Lammer. Yeah, I figured yeah. it was only a matter of time before Weimark had one for, for Mark. But yeah, yeah. We, were, we were there for the Broncos uh, reveal for the fan-designed jersey at the Weimark School and then went back there uh, just uh, last week. Or was that this week? That was this week. Earlier this week, yeah, yeah this I know. Week. There's been a lot of uh, in-community <laughs> yeah. visits at the uh, communities that neighbors Swift Current, but yeah, Weimark, nice old school rink there. That rink is, I've never seen anything like it. There's no door to get onto the bench, like from the stands, and I use quote air quotations when I say stands, but you have to walk on the ice to get to the bench, uh, either one of them, and it's kind of like a shed, like it's just a, it's a very unique small town rink, but uh, it's kind of uh, a bit of a shock when you walk in there for the first time. And and who did we have out there? We had Matt Benson, uh, Raphael Pelche was out there, Hendrick DeClerc, and Eric Hauk. and Eric. Eric Hoke and and they had a blast and I got to give a shout out to whoever it is that looks after like the ice and the rink maintenance at Weimark because I, I like they're just flooding that with a garden hose aren't they yeah they have to use one of those hand uh, zambonis that basically has like a towel in the back and the water you're gonna drag it around the ice and the guy was saying that's basically his workout every day when he has to walk that thing around yeah, and the ice is there. Just it, It's just in great shape. We're going to have video coming to the Swift Current Broncos social media presences from that visit in Weimark. Uh, thanks, of course, to our good friends at Crescent Point for helping us out with the sponsorship of these community visits. Latest one was in Weimark, and it was awesome. All right, Broncos This Week podcast. Lots to talk about. Uh, we're going to have prospect Jordan Fairley on in the next little bit. Tyler Steenbergen. Looking forward to a chat with him later on as well, but in the much more immediate future, we chat with Dean Brockman on Broncos This Week. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast presented by Original 16. Time for our coaches segment, and we are joined by Swift Current Broncos head coach and director of hockey operations, Dean Brockman. Dean uh, lost to Winnipeg on Wednesday. Uh, I really like the start for your team's game, the first 10 minutes. I think you're out shooting Winnipeg 6-1. to one. That might have been one of the better starts you've had this year. Yeah, we emphasize that for sure. Uh, you know, obviously uh, our starts in our games when we fall behind isn't very good. So, yeah, no, the boys played hard for 10, and, uh, you know, you could feel it, you know, switching tides a little bit after the timeout. Yeah, you know, with that, when you get out to a great start, you know, what, what, what was the message like afterwards? Because the boys did show that, you know, and, and they've shown it in the past, that they can hang with the elite teams like Winnipeg. Well, again, it's uh, those costly turnovers or, you know, the times in the game where you need to elevate, whether it's a power play or, or whether it's just a big play. Unfortunately, we don't have that one guy that can elevate his game to, to make that extra special play or something that, you know, can turn the game around. And, you know, it's it's about moments in the game where, you know, the, fl- the switch gets flipped. And, you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, as a coaching staff to say this is a moment or that's a moment uh, – but it's up to the player that, you know, makes those moments that can make a difference. And, you know, we had a power play where it wasn't very good. And, you know, it, it changes the momentum of the game. One player who I thought had a pretty decent game was Hayden Oster, goal and assist. Uh, the goal he set up was just a great forecheck to force a turnover behind the net. And then he goes hard to the net and gets rewarded with a loose puck in front. 
Yeah, you know what? Uh, you know, when you look at the stat sheet in, in certain different ways, uh, you know, Hayden was good. You know, I thought it was definitely when you ask your older guys, we put all three 20s on one line and they kind of responded with goals for. Uh, you know, they're playing some hard minutes, though. And, uh, you know, I thought we had some costly turnovers. We had chances to shoot the puck and didn't. And, you know, those are all things uh, of a team that doesn't have a lot of confidence. You know, the uh, Winnipeg last night, the degree of difficulty doesn't really lessen that much as we look to the weekend ahead with uh, a roadie to a, a historically tough rink to play in in Prince Albert and then back at home against a tough Saskatoon team. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, for sure, it's uh, you know, every weekend or every game is difficult for us, right? So, you know, you can only better yourself by playing better and, and having more team-orientated success by being successful on your own. And, uh, you know, as much as it's a team game, uh, you know, you look at the costly turnovers in our own, own end and, uh, you know, and even the offensive zone when we had opportunities to shoot. So, you know, all those things factor into a hard weekend. Uh, it's not easy to play in PA. It's a difficult place. But, again, you know, it's an opportunity to create, you know, success for yourself by playing hard and and doing things right and yeah you know what uh again it's it's a tough time of the year for these guys we recognize that we're trying to better them every day i think it goes without saying that they want to be successful but there's a difference between wanting and to be successful and doing things so yeah it's a it's a tough weekend then you got Saskatoon back here uh, they're going to Brandon, though, so they've got a long road trip as well. So for us, uh, you know, we can be spoilers. I mean, they're trying to get out of the eighth spot, I think, in in, in the whole playoff picture. And, and for us, it's, uh, you know, trying to play that spoiler role and, and trying to find some consistency. You and I talked pregame in Regina about uh, some roster changes, getting guys in the lineup and out, maybe give them some extra rest down the stretch here. Guys who haven't played a lot of games in the past, still kind of on the mind heading in down the stretch because you do have three games a week for the rest of the way. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, guys, uh, whether there's burnout or, or fatigue or or maybe even a lack of interest on some guys, uh, you know, we're going to try and battle way through all that. You know, we really haven't had the luxury of being healthy all year until now. And I guess it's a good sign, but it's also a bad sign because, you know, we should be playing the game a lot harder. And, uh, yeah, we'll just try and manage the minutes that we can. And, and the guys that are successful will play. And the guys that uh, don't seem to be interested probably won't. I want to ask you about uh, goaltending situation. At times, you've had great performances from both of the guys. Um, keeping Isaiah in last night through eight, you know, what, what kind of goes through a coach's mind when it comes to the decision, you know, whether or not to let the guy battle through it or whether or not to, to call in help there? Yeah, you know what, communication between uh, the staff and Isaiah and the other, you know, you have to recognize, you know, probably Poults will play again on Friday and it's a difficult, you know, spot to be in. Do you want to pull him, put him, you know, it, it, there's a lot of the factors that go into it, but I think really it's about, you know, trying to get Isaiah to battle through it and, and, you know, be comfortable with that. And yeah, you know what, we could have made a change. We thought about it and then we thought twice uh, about our weekend ahead and, uh, you know, and talking to Isaiah, he wants to play through it. We want him to play through it. And then, you know, also Dave, uh, you know, Rathjen, our goalie coach, comes into play as well. Not on the moment stuff, but, uh, you know, through these times. And, uh, you know, Dave will be here next week working with the goalies. So, 
Yeah, there's a lot of factors that weigh in it, and uh, we just felt that we need him to play through it. Down the stretch here, hoping that your players can draw on different sources of motivation down the stretch for the final 17 games. What are sort of the things you're hoping they'll draw motivation from? Well, I mean, just enjoying the experience of being able to be a junior hockey player because not everybody's going to be that at the end of the year. And I, I quite think that they enjoy each other's company. And if you want to, you know, make it, you know, uh, an enjoyable experience or a forgettable one is really up to each individual. But, you know, for us, it's, it's you know, a lot of, you know, trying to coach them up, gain their confidence, uh, try and get them to work on things that, uh, you know, they their shortcomings, I guess. And, you know, just trying to see the big picture at the end of the day. And there's there's a lot that can go into it. And, uh, you know, we want to make it as, as simple as possible, but, you know, in the same breath, uh, you know, make it productive as well. Broncos fans got a bit of uh, maybe shocking news the other day. They saw that uh, Tyson Jugnoth, one of your first-round picks in 2019, has uh, committed to play Junior A with the West Kelowna Warriors in the BCHL next season, but doesn't fully close the door on him being a Swift Current Bronco, does it? No, it doesn't. Uh, you know, certainly he decided, or the family has decided, that his first year of junior is going to be in West Kelowna, and I respect that, or we respect that as an organization. His family's, you know, from there. He's, you know, from there. Uh, you know, it's it's obviously we would have loved to have him here, um, but that's just, you know, the recruiting battle that you're up against at times. And, uh, you know, I feel comfortable with the effort that we've put in and, and will continue to put in. I think, uh, you know, we have to realize that, uh, you know, certainly it's his first year of, of junior hockey eligibility and he's going that direction. And, and just, you know, we're going to continue the process of working hard to get other recruits and, and continue to work with him as, as it goes forward. And, uh, you know, certainly for us, uh, it's a process and it's going to take time and you have to convince people that this is the place to play. It's time to go down the pipeline presented by Crescent Point. Davies scores a hat trick for Josh Davies. But we take a look at the next generation of Swift Current Broncos. Goes this week podcast presented by Original 16. Time to go down the pipeline for Crescent Point and we are joined by Broncos goalie prospect Jordan Fairley currently playing for the Caribou Cougars in the BC Major Midget League. Jordan, how's uh, how's things going up in PG? What's the weather like there this morning? Uh, it's not too bad this morning. I think it's like right around zero. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, zero degrees. We'd certainly take that here. Uh, you know, how, how's your season been going right now? looks like you've seen action in 18 games, uh, putting up good numbers on, uh, on a team that looks like it scores a lot of goals, eh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got some pretty good offense and, uh, uh, team has been doing pretty good. We've had some, uh, spots where, you know, we've been struggling, but we usually seem to find a way to pick it back up. Um, and yeah, it's it's been a good season so far. I couldn't have asked for anything better. The travel schedule playing up there in Prince George, everyone knows what the Prince George Cougars uh, travel schedule is like, but it's probably not too dissimilar from your guys' travel. You're putting a lot of hours on that bus, aren't you? Yeah, so we have 11 teams in our league, and um, each team gets one home and one away weekend against each team. So we have pretty much like uh, every other weekend we're down in Vancouver on the island or so it's about a nine-hour trip every other weekend. Yeah, and uh, you know, how are you finding the season out there? You you talked about how your your team is scoring a lot of goals. You know, how how are you liking your game this year thus far? I, I think my game has been uh, developing a lot more ever since I left there. Uh, I've been told to work on my patience and kind of you know not committing too early and just like 
you know, relaxing a little bit. So that that's what I've been doing, and I think it's it's come a long way since I've come here. Yeah, and I know you started the season here with the Broncos before uh, heading up to PG just a couple of weeks in. So, I mean, what kind of stuff did you, did you learn while you were here? Were you able to kind of talk to the players and, and maybe the goalies like uh, Poulter when he was here and then maybe kind of pick his brain a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. And then there was also Dave, too. He kind of gave me some things to work on as I was leaving, and I'm just, you know, trying to get better every day. Hope be there next year yeah you know and we we asked this question of a lot of prospects so we'll throw it at you if uh if you could kind of compare your style to to a current nhl player or a well-known player you know who, who do you kind of model your game after um you know i think my favorite guy is probably uh flurry i like him a lot he's really athletic and i play an athletic style as well so just you know like uh trying to keep it you know uh, patient as well as like still uh, being able to play an athletic style is what I'm trying to do. You guys were at the uh, Max tournament in uh, Calgary. It's the very prestigious uh, midget tournament that takes place every year. Teams from basically all over the world come for that tournament. And you guys had a heck of a run. You got all the way to the semifinal on uh, the strength of some strong goaltending from you as well. That must have been quite a, an, an interesting tournament. Yeah, it was. Uh, our team showed up to play and we played really well. And yeah, I made it all the way to semifinals. It was tough playing two games in one day. I don't think I've done that since like Pee Wee. But uh, yeah, it was a good run. And we were playing our best hockey of the year pretty much at that time. Just sucked that we didn't make it all the way. Yeah. What are you guys hoping for uh, to round out the year in your season this year? What are, uh, what are some of the goals of the squad there? Um, so yeah, we're hoping to finish the league in second place. Right now we're in fifth, but it's only, I think, like four points to second place. It's like really close. And, you know, our goal is just to win it all. We, we don't want anything less. Well, and you guys got a pretty good schedule down the stretch, too. I think it looks like your final 10 games of the season are on home, are on home. So you can kind of relax. You don't have to worry about traveling anywhere for the last uh, little bit of the year here, too. Yeah, the first part of the year we had lots of travel. And then now the last part of the year has calmed down. And we have a lot of home games, which is nice. We, uh, we mentioned the fact about the Prince George Cougars, and there was actually kind of an interesting moment earlier this year that you had to back up a game for the Cougars as kind of an emergency backup goaltender because they had a lot of injury troubles earlier in the year. So you don't often see a player who is you know, a prospect of one team player back up for another team. So how did that whole situation turn out? Did somebody call you and say, we need you on the bench here tonight? Yeah, so just the general manager for my team called me one day and said, hey, tomorrow night you're going to go back up for the Cougars. And then I wasn't too sure how it worked. And then I got a call from Dean and he said, you know, I approved it and the league approved it. So you can go back up for them. And like, you're not allowed to go in. It's only if he gets hurt it's on an emergency basis. But yeah, there was just some special permission. And all the guys who were there, they were asking me like, how does this work? Like, aren't you with the Broncos? Like what, what's going on here? And I don't know. It was kind of confusing, but it, it worked. <laughs> You know, what was that experience like for you? You know, you, you've you've been in the dressing room of two different WHL teams this year. And, uh, you know, talk, talk about that experience of just, you know, being in that room with, with a different organization. Yeah, so it was a little bit different. I was kind of like the new guy. Nobody really knew. But, you know, uh, there they had, they had some pretty good vets who uh, kind of like started to talk to me and, you know, broke the ice. So uh, I think everywhere you go, there's going to be good guys. And, like, everyone's going to try to, like, introduce you and, you know, make you feel like you're fitting in. Looks like you've played the majority of the games for your club. Uh, you've played 18. Uh, the other goaltender, Kenny's played 11. So uh, I think it's safe to say that you're kind of the starter for this team. And how much have do you think your game has grown over the course of this season? 
Yeah, I think my game has grown a lot. Uh, I think I've really, you know, started to slow things down and like been able to put that effectively into gameplay and not just practices. But uh, yeah, just what I'm working on in practices has started to make its way into games. And I think my game's developed a lot this year. What uh, what conversations uh, have you had with Dean here in Swift Currents about, you know, potentially having a role with the team next year? Um, you know, there hasn't been too many. When uh, you guys came to Prince George, I practiced with the team, and he just said things were looking better and it looks like it will be good for next year. Then I was there for January and kind of same thing. So, like, nothing, you know, too intense, but it's just, like, you know, like things are on track, things are looking good. You mentioned being here in January. You came here, I think it was right after the Max tournament. You pretty much came here and were here for almost a week, I think. So must have been kind of nice to get back here and then see a few familiar faces from the start of the year. Yeah, it was good, and I got to stay at the same billets and like got to meet or got to see a few of the guys that I knew already and meet some of the new guys. So, yeah, it was, it was good to be there. It was a good experience. All right, Jordan. Well, hey, appreciate you taking our call here this morning. I know you got to rip over to school, so uh, thanks for this. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you back here next year, and best of luck the rest of the way. Hope you guys were able to pull off a championship. Okay, thank you very much. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. On the telephone with uh, Swift Current Bronco alum, Tyler Steenbergen, joining us on the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. Steener, I'm talking to you from an airport, eh? Uh, what's your 20 right now? <laughs> yeah, just uh, flying out of Denver. We were playing uh, the Eagles here this past weekend, so... Uh, had a day off in Denver, enjoyed the city yesterday, and then heading on to uh, Stockton to play God's Smile. Yeah, and you know what? You, you mentioned that, and I wanted to ask you about that later on, but let's dive into it right now. Uh, you know, I want to ask you in particular what it was like that first time, you know, you playing for, for Tucson and God's playing for Stockton. I mean, you guys went through a lot together four years with the Bronco organization. What was that like the first time you guys were across the ice? Yeah, it was definitely different, you know, uh, bunch of laughs and giggles uh in warm-ups seeing each other on, on the opposite sides uh it was different for i'm sure both of us and you know it was fun but uh you quickly realize that you're a competitor so you, you kind of get friends off during the game a little bit and then uh, you go from there so it was different but it was a good experience yeah for sure so uh you know playing in the ahl and you know you'd have the opportunity to play against a lot of your former teammates as well with you know gods being one i imagine you've lined up against you know colby sissons your former roommate uh any chirps between you and uh, and former bronco teammates in the ahl (laughs) yeah mostly just friendly ones obviously like i said with gods uh, we play him quite a bit and same with Stu. I know Stu's had my number this year. Hopefully I can get one by him here here coming up soon. But, you know, uh, a couple of the guys out east, I haven't, really, I haven't uh, had a chance to play against them. And then, obviously, you know, I got some uh, old Broncos teammates on my team this year again. And Gino and uh, John Martin and Lane Peterson. So it's it's pretty cool to be with those guys still. And and keep it going from there. Any Swifty stories in the uh, Roadrunner locker room? Because as you mentioned, you know, a lot of alums there. I know that Lane Peterson was there for a while too. Uh, you know, what do you guys remember when you get talking about the good old days? Uh, yeah, we we reminisce quite a bit. You know, obviously me and uh, Gennaro, we, we won together uh, there two years ago. Now getting close to, so uh, we, we like to reminisce about those days a little bit. And then, you know, Marty, I was a little bit younger when Marty was here, so... Talk about how he was a he was a really good leader for our for our group back 
back when I was a 17-year-old. And then uh, Petey, you know, I, I live with him now in, in Tucson. I've lived with him for the past, last year, too. So we always have good little stories and good little memories uh, about Swift as well. I, I bet. You know, let, let's go back to the beginning. You know, you were drafted in the first round by the uh, Swift Current Broncos. You know, Mark Lamb and Jamie Porter and that team would have uh, selected you. You know, what, what do you remember about, uh, about draft day and becoming a Swift Current Bronco? Uh, I remember it was, it was exciting, you know, you're, you're just a young little 14-year-old kid and, you know, uh, you're sitting at home watching uh, the draft on your computer. It's It was a pretty cool moment. I know it's it's something I'll never forget. And, you know, you don't really know what, what really happens when you're a 14-year-old and you get all these nerves and stuff about the, the Bantam draft. But in the end, it's not the end-all be-all. And I was uh, very happy where I went. And, you know, it was awesome to be able to bring a championship to Swift Current. Yeah, you, you know, in the early stages, was there uh, was there much talk amongst your family about what route to go, you know, major, junior, playing with Swift or going some other options? Like what, what kind of led you towards committing to the Broncos? Yeah, I think uh, going junior was always my, my thing. I know my cousins uh, played in the WHL for, for a couple different teams, so following them was always a plan of mine. And then even my brother, he played in Cootie for a little bit, so I uh, wanted to follow in his footsteps. So I, I think it was a pretty easy choice. And then, you know, you always have the, the schooling to fall back on if uh, pro hockey doesn't work out. And, you know, it's a pretty unbelievable uh, little scholarship you can get from the WHL in that. Yeah, and then your your 16-year-old season, you know, what what do you remember about, you know, playing that first full season in Swifty, your 16-year-old year? I was good, you know. I, I didn't play much, as much as I'd like to, so... Uh, it was it was a little bit tough runnings, you know. When, when you're a little 16 year old kid, you're quieter. You don't really speak up in the room as much. But you know, there were some really good uh, leaders on our team there, and Colby Cave and Dylan Hetherington. I've actually had the opportunity to play against those guys uh, this year as well. So it, it's pretty funny seeing them on the other side as well. Uh, but yeah, but the 16 year old year it was a good experience for me to to learn the ways of a good defensive game, and then you know, uh, realizing what it takes to win. And, you know, those guys did a really good job for me at showing uh, how, how to lead a team and how to win. I want to talk to you about your, your 17-year-old year because I remember at the beginning of the season, you, you just had all sorts of chances. I think you scored a goal the first game of the year. And then uh, you, you certainly had chances. You were hitting crossbars. You were hitting posts. And then you stuck with it. You ended up finishing with 20 goals in your 17-year-old season. You know, was, was there just a moment where you suddenly gained some confidence? Or, or what do you remember about finding that scoring touch? Yeah, I think, you know, I think I always believed that I had it in me. And, you know, during practices, I'd, I'd always work, work on my shot. And, you know, uh, uh, Jamie Heward, he was a big help in me uh, after practice, helping me get, get the release off and, and uh, just doing little things with me. So uh, I, I put a lot on him. And, you know, obviously something just, just clicked. And, you know, it was I was very fortunate enough to be able to start scoring. And, you know, it was keep coming. So... Uh, I think uh, it's just you got to stick with the process no matter what, and you know you got to learn from other players and other people, and and just always be working on your game. Do you remember uh, in your 18-year-old year, the season after that? I mean, you found your scoring touch, you know, around Christmas time of your 17-year-old season, and then you just didn't let up, including a 50-goal season in your 18-year-old year. You know, do you, do you remember goal number 50? Uh, yeah, I do. I remember it was against uh, the Saskatoon Blades, and you know it was just 
a lucky bounce. And you know, going into the game, I was at I was at forty nine, so I, I had some nerves. It was a, it was a different game uh, for sure. But you know, uh, you just can't let that stuff get to you. You just got to play your game. And you know, for me, I knew it was going to come eventually. And you know, I was happy to get it over with pretty quickly in the first period. So then uh, I could just play the rest of the way from there. Yeah, and then you you finished out that season, and then uh, the Broncos had that postseason run. And I remember they made it to the second round of the playoffs, and it was the first time in in quite a long time that the team had accomplished that. You know, w- what do you remember about about that season? You know, the latter half, you guys brought in Riley Lindgren and and Jordan Paperni. You know, there there was obviously some excitement in the room. Eh? Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, we didn't, going into the deadline, we didn't really know what was going to happen for our group. And, you know, Manny made some pretty solid trades in acquiring those 20-year-olds. And, you know, they were huge in helping us, uh, you know, get to the second round of playing Regina. Uh, I remember we had a 3-1 lead, and it's too bad uh, we we couldn't close that series out. But, you know... In the end, that playoff experience, I think it paid dividends uh, moving forward into the next year when uh, we, we won it all. Yeah, and then your next year going into it, uh, I, I remember early in the season there were lots of people talking about you and Gods and Heppo being you know, the top line in the CHL, and, and you went absolutely mental. Like early in the year, you had back-to-back four-goal games. You, you had another four-goal game before we even got to November, I think. I mean, th- what, what was it? Was it the combo of you and Gods and, and Heppo feeding you the puck i mean things just went crazy for you there yeah definitely you know it was it at that point it felt like everything was going in and everything was going our way not only for us guys individually but as a team i think we got off to a an eight no start that year and you know uh obviously heppel was probably the best passer i've ever played with he's an unbelievable player and you know god he just does everything so great uh in, in his defensive game and his offensive game. So, you know, playing with those guys, it, it made it made my life a lot easier. And, you know, I wouldn't have uh, changed anything at all that year for anything in the whole world. Yeah, and especially, uh, I know a lot happened that year, but I'm sure nothing more prestigious than the Steenberger at the Bronco concession, eh? <laughs> yeah, definitely. That thing uh, got a little bit crazy at times. You know, I, I wasn't quite expecting that, but it, it, it was a pretty good pretty fun little joke it was a lot of fun for all of us for sure uh you know you you had that great start to your 19 year old season you know at, at what point did you start thinking like world juniors might be a possibility for you yeah i think it was kind of probably around early november time you know i didn't really think about it going into the season i know uh I, like, I didn't get invited to the summer camp, so I didn't really ever think about it. And then people started asking me about it, and, and that's when I started uh, thinking, hey, this is an, an actual possibility. And then, obviously, the, the Super Series was a lot of fun playing that in Swift Current, and I think that's uh, when uh, they kind of got to know me a little better. And, you know, as a player, uh, it was a pretty awesome experience at the Super Series. And then being able to get the invite to the the showcase tournament and being able to show your stuff there it was it was a huge opportunity for me and you know i was just happy i rode with it how, how does that work do they call you do they text you do they email you to tell you that you're coming to to team canada camp what was that process like yeah they give you a call you know uh i think it was uh before the game uh they had already talked to manny my coach and said that uh, i was going to be going so then i just had to wait for the call from 
from the head scout. Uh, so, yeah, it was definitely a pretty exciting phone call. And then uh, definitely heading into camp, it was it was a lot more exciting when, when you found out uh, that you were on the team for sure. During that camp, were you sizing up other guys and kind of doing the numbers in your head and thinking, you know, I, I, I can probably make this team? What What was that process like? Yeah, definitely. You know, you're always thinking uh, of the what-ifs. And at the end of the day, for me, uh, just being there was a, was a huge blessing for me. You know, as a kid, you dream about going to that camp and, and showing your stuff. And then when you have a good camp uh, and you, th- you put it all on the line and, and uh, it, it finally paid off and, you know, get it, you, you kind of are sitting in your room looking at tweets from the TSN guys seeing who's getting released and, as long as uh, your name's not on there, it's it's a pretty good feeling. And then once the final roster is revealed, it's it was a pretty surreal feeling. And and I know like just watching it and being a fanboy back here in Swift Current while the tournament was going on and sitting at the Brew Pub watching it with all the Bronco fans. I know that in Swift Current there were a lot of folks that were livid that you didn't get more ice time in that tournament. And uh, of course, you ended up scoring the big goal, and we'll talk more about that. But you know, what was it like, kind of accepting that role on that on that? stacked world junior squad uh, i think it was it, for me it was honestly pretty easy you know obviously fans and, and uh, my family were a little upset i wasn't playing but for me just being able to watch it and uh every year growing up and realizing what it what it meant to to canadians it was pretty surreal just to be there and sitting on the bench and watching the guys and you know doing all i can to help out and you know obviously uh being there is, was a huge opportunity. If, if you would have told me a year before that I was going to be on the World Junior team, I probably would have laughed at you and, and uh, made a little bit of a joke about it. So I think just being there in the moment and enjoying everything was, was what uh, paid off for me. And, and you bided your time. You know, you didn't piss and moan about ice time, and that ended up being a, a good call for you because, man, what, what a finish to the tournament. Like, do you, do you remember that, or did you just, like, black out after scoring that goal? Oh, uh, yeah. I, well, I, I remember it, but during the moment, yeah, I, I definitely blacked out. Uh, I never had that feeling before, and it was pretty crazy. Your emotions just get the best of you, and you don't really know what your body's doing, but uh, it was a pretty surreal moment for myself and it's something I'm definitely never going to forget. You know I imagine uh, you know maybe with some of the stories uh, at the time when you're a young kid you don't maybe want to get into what you did after you won the gold medal but uh, you know what what does a world <laughs> junior squad do immediately after winning a gold medal? Uh, we just like celebrated as a team you know uh, being in Buffalo we were we were all pretty happy and you know we're really close to the border so the fans were unreal and you know we just got together with all our families and uh had a nice meal and you know it was it's crazy how you go from winning you're on such a high and then the next day you're already on a flight the next morning to head back to your junior team and you're already you're already playing against uh the teammates you've had uh, for the past month and a half yeah, and, and you know what a whirlwind that must have been for you because you win the gold medal, you you go through the the victory celebrations and everything, you get on the plane, you get back to Swift, and all of a sudden there was that unreal trade deadline at 2018. Like that that those few weeks must have just been a whirlwind for you to to all of a sudden realize like, hey, we got a great shot at a championship here, eh? Yeah, it was pretty crazy with all the guys we were getting. Uh... I was just sitting there on my phone watching it. You know, you hear all the rumors online of what uh, could happen. And, you know, obviously uh, for us it paid off getting Giorgio, Stu, Nags, fights, 
all those guys, uh, you know, it, it made our team a lot better. And, you know, it was it was an unbelievable trade deadline, and it's something that I'll never forget either. It was uh, pretty crazy. I exchanged phone numbers with uh, a guy on Lethbridge to get Giorgio's uh, phone number and said, hey, man, we, we got something special here. Uh, we got a real good chance of winning it all. I think we can do it. And, you know, the rest is history. And, you know, it was, it was pretty awesome for bringing a championship this with current. You know, Manny made a lot of moves to to build that championship team. I guess it all started, you know, a, a couple months earlier when he made that move to bring in uh, Matteo Gennaro and, and Beck Malenstein. You know, I guess that whole season, you know, going into it, like was there the talk right from the get-go, like we're making a run at it this year? Yeah, definitely. You know, obviously, the, the getting gods back, I think as soon as we saw that when he was uh, released from the Flames that year, I think that's when we realized we had a real shot at, at doing something special. And, you know, uh, when we got him back and then we had the hot start, and then, like you said, the trade for Gino and Beck, it was uh, a pretty massive move. And that's when we really realized we were going to make a real big run for it. And I think uh, everything paid off at the end. And, you know, we wouldn't have traded anything uh, for, for the result we got. Yeah, definitely. And, you, you know, and, and I mean, people still talk about it now in the, in the Western League circles. I mean, there, there were three teams that went all in. We did. Uh, Moose Jaw did. Regina did. The, the Swift Current Broncos were fortunate enough to be the, uh, the organization that ended up winning the championship. But, I mean, it was close. Like, even going back to Game 7 against Regina in that Round 1 series, I mean, you get them at home. But, but what was that atmosphere or what, what was that like for you guys heading into that Game 7? Yeah, I think we, we all had confidence in ourselves. We knew we went into the game knowing we were going to win. Um, I mean, uh, it was a it was a very competitive series with those guys. They were hard nosed, and you know they were a great team. But you know it was uh, nice to be able to prevail. And obviously the fans in Swift the whole the whole second half of the year. I think we sold out pretty much every game. And in playoffs, it was it was crazy how loud it was. I never had really experienced something quite like that, and it was a pretty unbelievable experience winning that series in seven games, and then. Obviously, moving on to Musha, winning that one in seven, and then going six and six. It was a pretty historical run playing that many playoff games. Well, and that Moose Jaw series as well, I'm glad you brought it up because, I mean, it, it was a very emotional series, obviously, with uh, with the Humboldt bus crash that happened and, and some players on our team that were connected to that. But, uh, you know, j- during that series, it was so tightly contested, and then you guys just pulled away in game seven. Yeah, definitely. You know, obviously everyone's emotions were running pretty high. Everyone knew someone on that on the bus, which is very uh, upsetting. And you know, obviously we use that as our motivation and and uh, being being so relatable with them with the name and then uh, what had happened years before that with the Swift Current Broncos bus crash. I think it was uh, it was just crazy events that had happened. I think we used that to our advantage, and you know. Going into Game 7 again, we lost Game 6 in triple overtime, but I think after that game we said, look, hey, we, we're still going to win this series. We, we had all the confidence in the world. And, I mean, our fans going out to Musha and, and pretty much being louder than, than their fans where it was a pretty sweet experience as well. Well, and, and that obviously does make a difference, eh? Because when you're in another team's rink and you see so much blue and green in there, like that, that does matter to the guys on the ice, eh? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, like I said, I think our fans were 
we're louder at times than theirs. So when when you're playing a seven game series and and you almost have it feels like home ice advantage for for seven games, it was uh, pretty awesome. You know, and it, fast forward a little bit to that championship final with Everett in town. It's game number six, and you know you guys win it all in Swift Currents. You know, for I mean, obviously everyone enjoyed the celebrations, but I imagine you know for you and Gods who had played your entire career in Swift, like that must have been a special night, eh? Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. You know, uh, we were obviously Gods was a twenty year old. It was it was the end of the road for him for sure. I didn't. I was assuming I was going to be playing pro the next year, but you never really knew. So it felt like it was the end of the road for me too. So that that night when when the final buzzer went and we won that game, it was it was pretty crazy. And you know, it, I'll, I'll always have Swift. Will always have a special place in my heart. Just just for that reason and then enjoying it with God too. I've been there with four for four years and you know, sitting by him in the stall at for for every practice, every game, it was it was a pretty sweet experience to do it with him. Yeah, it, oh, amazing night at the Iplex that uh, that people won't forget. You know, uh, since then, have you uh, have you passed through Swift Currents at all, or have, have your travels taken you this way? No, I I haven't quite yet. Uh, I hope to uh, this summer at some point, hopefully. But uh, you know, it's it's hard getting out that way, especially uh, after that final year. I spent the whole summer in uh, Arizona training with them, so it was. Uh, it was it's pretty hard to get out there and then last year was just uh, a bunch of, of stuff going on for me in the summer so hopefully i can get out this year you're a member of the coyotes family uh playing in tucson arizona your second season there how's uh how's the transition to pro hockey been for you steiner uh, it's been good it's been tough sledding at times obviously it's a lot different than junior you know you're playing against you're playing against men out here it's you know, guys have families. It's it's a it's all and it's all a business. So that's what you sometimes forget. You know, you're you're best friends with guys, but at the end of the day, it's a business, and you know, everyone's trying to take your job. So at the end of the day, you just got to keep working, and then uh, hopefully work your way up through the ranks. For sure, uh, you, you know, I know you got a flight to catch here. You're on road to Stockton. Uh, you know, real quick, I, I imagine Mike and Carly Olfert and family are, are people that you want to give a shout out to. Anyone in Swift you want to say hi to while we got you here? Uh, yeah, definitely uh, to my old builds. Obviously, Carly and Mike and the kids. Uh, they were awesome. They helped me this is out a ton. And then uh, my first builds too. My first two years, uh, Kevin and Alicia Falk. They were they were pretty awesome as well. And you know they just moved out out by Herbert, so I had to transition with Mike and Carly. But it was really easy knowing them a little bit beforehand and and having Sis there. So uh, it was it was pretty awesome. Well, and it was awesome talking to you, Steiner. I really appreciate this. There's still the uh, there's still the giant banner right when you walk into the Iplex commemorating your golden <laughs> goal with Team Canada. And I do believe that the Steenburger is still on the menu at the concession. So you're you're immortalized <laughs> in Swifty, man. Yeah, I love to hear that. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much for chatting with us, Steiner. Okay, have a good one. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. All right, another stuffed show of uh, Broncos This Week, brought to you by Original 16. Wrapping things up as uh, Craig Boschman getting set to board the bus to Prince Albert. 6.30 pregame show tonight on Living Sky Casino, play-by-play at 7. Yeah, looking forward to get up there. One of my uh, good friends is the communications director up there in PA, so a chance to hang out with him again for a little while, but uh, watch the Broncos try and 
pick up a victory there in a very tough rink in Prince Albert, one of the better uh, broadcast locations in the rink in the uh, WHL as well. Well, you're like right over top of the ice, and like li literally, like if you were to drop something out of your press box, like it would land in the penalty box, wouldn't it? Yeah, I can't. Uh, if I have a pen in my hand or papers, I got to make sure I don't drop them, or else someone's gonna look up and wonder who's throwing stuff at them. You should, like, dangle a mic down below and, like, get the penalty box chatter as well, right? Well, if like, I did that in Winnipeg, the broadcast location is right over the Winnipeg bench, so I could hang a mic down there and try and pick up what they're saying and relay it to our coaches, I guess. I think it behooves you to do that, to be <laughs> honest, during timeouts. So, yeah, make that happen the next time we're in the peg. But, uh, yeah, busy weekend coming up here in Prince Albert tonight. Living Sky Casino Broncos hockey begins at 6.30. And then a Brobdingnangianly massive game tomorrow night. What did you just say? Brobdingnangian. <laughs> I, I don't often get the chance to use it and I don't just want to sauce it out there every podcast it, it's a word that you know describes bigness and you know that certainly uh describes the game day atmosphere for tomorrow night a huge one at the iplex yeah uh there's just a lot of stuff going on as we kind of touched on at the start uh riders team signed football being given away uh 300 uh, thunderstick sets being given away to the first 300 people here uh riders uh, cheer squad a few members of them gainer the gopher dj Tolly t the music's going to be loud it's going to be exciting and it's the blades in town who i don't think anybody in swift current likes so that just makes things more exciting <laughs> yeah for sure it'll be a fun one tomorrow night if, you, if you're one of those fans that uh that goes to like maybe seven or eight games a year, then this would be one of the ones that you certainly want to hit up. Uh, I think we're also like giving out glow sticks as well. Oh, Get yeah. kind of like a bit of a rave atmosphere going in there with the professional DJ, the rider cheerleaders, and the fabled Gainer the Gopher will be in the house as well. It's going to be an awesome one tomorrow night here at the Innovation Credit Union IPlex. All right, big thanks to our roster of guests today, Dean Brockman, Jordan Fairley, and alum Tyler Steenberg. And that does it for another edition of Broncos This Week, brought to you by Original 16. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.